Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan. This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives, Researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas, HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. I am your host, Jenna Sparks, and this is episode 161. actually have really interesting things to talk about this week, I believe. Um, but before we get much further, let's go ahead and go over some housekeeping. So first and foremost, the World of Myth Anthology Volume 4 is on sale and they are selling very well. Uh, go ahead and jump on mythmart.com and get your copy. 
uh, while you're there. You can also get the World of Myth 2022 calendars, which can only be purchased at MythMart.com. And I got mine, and it is super cool and phenomenal. Uh, find find my month. Figure out what month I am. <laughs> All right. Um, also, the fourth annual open contract challenge has been given an official start date of March 20th, 2022, obviously. Uh, so go ahead and get your pitches ready because they have a new uh, effort, in effect, <laughs> uh, which is the wild card rule. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And I'm super stoked. I'm super stoked because we get to celebrate uh, Peggy Gerber coming to PCE. I'm very excited to meet her. Uh, all right. Also, there are multiple new company-owned websites that are being actively worked on, like one for publishing and a corporate site as well. There's also now a corporate number. I think that's really cool. Um, and finally, the Jason Live Events uh, Committee has voted to reschedule PCE 2022 just because of the massive <laughs> spike of COVID cases in the high desert area. Uh, there's no exact date just yet, but it does appear we're looking at June. Uh, but there are, we're still open for vendor registration. Uh, so if you're interested uh, in a space, go ahead and go to PCEHD.com and uh, get ready to join in on the phone. So that's it for housekeeping. Yeah, regarding PCE, uh, we just thought it would be best, you know, um, that it's, it's, everything's very unpredictable right now. You know, we know that. And everything has been very unpredictable for the past two years. And it's probably going to continue to be very unpredictable for many years to follow. Um, and so it, it's, I feel like, like we are in a good place, you know, for looking, uh, several months from now. You know, I feel like I, <laughs> I, I, I've been working since the middle of December. I was conceptualizing a bit before that, and then I kind of started progressing onto like the the more concrete uh, concepts, and then that evolved and everything. So I feel like, um, for my part, I feel like. We're in a very, very good position for for that. And um, I have a lot of really cool graphics up my sleeve. Um, hopefully, hopefully they are received well. Everybody seems to be completely and absolutely excited about uh, the graphic direction. And it's so much fun. And again, <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I was going on and on about it last week, but like hyper fixation of the month is, of the past couple months has been Blade Runner. Uh, in fact, also one really cool thing too is, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I always chicken out and I've, I've been wanting to cosplay for so long right? Um, and actually, I can talk about that in a minute, too. Uh, but I wanted to cosplay. And, you know, I really wanted to cosplay as Rachel. Uh, I just thought it'd be a lot of fun. I kind of started planning on how I could construct her costume. It's not that difficult. 
Um, you know, and, and even actually thinking about ways to make headpieces out of her hairstyle because I don't, I know I'm not going to want to wear bumper bangs and victory rolls and if, no, her hair's not a French twist, but victory rolls and bumper bangs uh, for the entire duration of PCE because ultimately I am a jeans and t-shirts kind of person. In fact, at Comic-Con Revolution, I had decided I'm probably just going to go in with leggings <laughs> at the next one. No. Um, but Joe, I was trying to convince Joe to cosplay as Deckard because I thought that would be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. So, now that also kind of gives me a little bit more time to <laughs> maybe be able to put that together and do it. So, hope, hopefully, hopefully. I got a sewing machine for Christmas, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but no, like, and, and there are a lot of pieces, too, that, like, I, I was really looking forward to and kind of panicking that I wasn't going to be able to get done in time for PCE. Like, again, I want to do, <laughs> sorry, I wanted to do a Rachel piece. There's so many, <laughs> there's so many drawings I want to do. And uh, one of them, you know, like I said, Rachel. Oh, crap. I have a whole list. I wanted to do... I still want to do a Death Becomes Her piece. And I had a whole concept and idea. Like, there's so many things. I want to do another Spike Spiegel piece. I want to do, like... And I want to do all of these because I feel like... I, I, I don't know. Like, maybe this is really toxic of me to myself. Like, I feel like I didn't do enough pieces last year. And that's really sad. Uh, anyway... So, uh, I'm really excited. I think, I think everything is really looking up. I think we're all working together really well and trying to figure out the best, the best and safest way to proceed with PCE and making sure that everybody has fun and making sure that it is a healthy environment, that everybody is happy and satisfied and just as excited to be a part of it as, you know, we are and, that's that's what's most important. Uh, so I'm stoked. I'm super stoked. Uh, but I'm also excited that now I get to, <laughs> I for sure have time to do a couple new pieces for it. So selfishly, there is that as well. Um, so yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah, because I've been working on, I've been simultaneously working. I did Joe's now I can say it because I couldn't say it last week because I knew he was he may have heard. Uh, I did a Ramona Flowers for Joe's birthday because he loves Mary Elizabeth Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So I I have this really cool paint uh, and it's dragonfly paint and it's it's so pretty um, and it actually reflects blue, green, and purple. And I was like, oh, that'll be so cool. So. The whole background is gradient, uh, the shades of her hair. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And then, again, been working on PCE. I've been working on another collab with another artist. I'm trying to, one of the worst, one of the worst things doing, especially doing fan art, is looking at older films and it it it's very it's it's so tiresome on your eyes when you're trying to make sense of something and it's kind of funny because uh 
it's it's the most trivial, tiniest details that you're trying to get. And it's kind of funny because the person I'm collaborating with, um, she was doing a, a very small, detailed object from a film. And you guys will eventually grasp it. I just don't want to say anything because uh, I don't, you know, want to put any cats out of any bags. <laughs> um, but she was doing a small object from this film. This film came out in, like, 1984 or 5. Um, and... It's it was a, one of those objects that you could you could not tell what it was made out of. Um and so we're going back and forth and she's trying to figure out if it's metal or plastic, acrylic. In some angles it looks clear, in other angles it looks uh like metal. It's it was very confusing, but she did it and it looks so like I saw the prototype and it looks so 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 good um just perfect so uh yeah I've been working on that and so the the picture that I'm looking at that I'm trying to reference is <laughs> first of all again a film from 1984 1985 and it is a Disney owned film um and it, it's <sighs> The quality is very low. And, of course, typically, like, trying to get these, um, just to see the reference, you know, and to, to, to kind of get it as clear as possible, I would, I would screen cap it. But Disney Plus, you know, it, it doesn't let you. And there's probably a workaround, but I don't want to be illegal about it. I just want to see it clearly, you know, that's all. So, thankfully, there are other people who have done screen caps uh, so I can see it kind of clearly, but there is some weird, like, I don't know. I'll talk about it a little bit more when I actually can say things about it, but it's very confusing on my brain and I'm looking at things and I'm like, is that a monkey skull? What is that? Like, (laughs) what is that? That looks terrifying. So, um, yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. And then if anybody watches watched The Magicians, you know that is like one of my favorite, 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 favorite things in existence. Um, that show has meant like everything to me. And I have an ongoing series with characters from that series. And uh, a lot of people have been asking me about a very specific character. And this character, he's one of the best characters from the show. If you if you've watched it, it's Penny. Because he has so many different arcs and everything. Well, here's the fun part. There's two pennies. Uh, there's two... There's pennies from alternate an alternate timeline. And um, he's, he's such a good character. And there's so many little details about his character that I want to include. But if I start doing that, then we're going to have to throw in the kitchen sink. So... That's been what I've been working on because I've been actually working on that piece for probably like what two or three years since I actually started this collection. Um, just because he's been the most daunting, you know what I mean? Like, where I don't, I, I need to make sure I do this character justice because, he, like, the, these it's two characters again, same actor, two, two, the same character, but two versions of the same character. Um, just have some of the the best, most emotional arcs. So that's been that's been fun. 
But um, yeah, so creatively, I'm very excited. I'm, you know, kind of kind of trying not to overwhelm myself. I'm trying to trying to really just enjoy the process, and um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, we see that I'm not losing my mind <laughs> six months from now. Uh, so I think I think that's a good point uh, to possibly jump into what I wanted to talk about, um, which you know I think, and I I say it really often about you know the the intent behind this this podcast is creativity and talking about creativity and just kind of trying to broaden our understanding of our involvement in creativity because uh I don't know how many how many of you are creators I don't know how many of you are writers or artists or you know just doing anything on the creative spectrum but I think that's most people most people are creative in some way shape or form they just don't always give themselves the credit for it uh, which, stop doing that. I hate that so much. I hate it when people, I think the worst thing people can say is, and, and I hear it all the time, especially like at the conventions and stuff, is people will walk up and I don't know if it's like an icebreaker or what, but I can't, I can't even draw a stick figure. And it's funny because it's like, this isn't something I just picked up and decided I'm, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to be really good at it the minute I start. <laughs> like, no, I have been learning since I was a child how to do this. You know what I mean? Like, everybody can can figure it out. Everybody can figure out how to do things. Um, so, it's, it's not... It's... it's n- You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed how many people use that exact line. <laughs> I can't even draw a stick figure. Um, okay, back onto the subject. So I wanted to talk about fan culture. And I know I've talked about it like back and forth in previous episodes. Uh, I, I, Joe and I have probably talked about it together many times. But I don't always remember because these are things that I think about very often. And... Uh, the conversation in my head <laughs> can evolve. Sometimes it stagnates. Sometimes I just like really obsessively think about the subject. So I've been obsessively thinking about the subject for the past like week and a half, honestly. Um, and fan culture, it's a weird place, you know, and you know, if, if you guys go on the magazine and you see the, the stuff that I submit or you go onto my website or you see my Instagram, whatever, you you know that my entire portfolio is is fan art, you know? Again, I want to push and actually do original pieces, which I've done a couple, and I love it. It's, it's so much fun, but I kind of, you know, I, I get so invested in... Uh, media and my consumption of that media and um, point is I'm very (laughs) I'm somewhat well versed in fan culture is the point I'm getting at Um, 
And it's it's a weird, it's such a weird place. And I think it has always been as such, you know. And we we always forget, too, how old the concept of fan culture is. You know, if you really want to get into it, like, pretty much everything, everything in existence uh, creatively is made possible by fan culture. Um, if we really want to get into it there, you know, just just think on it for a minute and you'll realize, oh, yeah, you know, actually, it's not wrong. So I, I, I always say every, every uh, the most famous pieces of arts are, 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 most famous pieces of art are fan art, you know, in, in one way or another. So with fan culture, though, it's... <sighs> You know, we, I, I, I'm not afraid to use the word toxic, but there's so many, you know, there, there's a lot of toxicity within a lot of fan cultures. And, you know, I brought it up before. I'm sure, I'm sure I have. Uh, but, you know, like this, this ongoing battle with, let's, let's say Marvel versus DC. You know what I mean? And it cracks me up because it's, like, on one hand, it's just, it's so stupid, you know? On the other hand, I, I get it. But I think what, I think what, what gets to me the most is it becomes this, this, like, pressure cooker of supremacy, if that makes sense. Like, where people want to be right, right? Like, we all want to be right. It's very hard to admit mistakes. It's very hard to admit when we're wrong. It's very hard to uh, sometimes change our views and uh, all of that. And it happens. And don't get me wrong, like, I I latch on to things. <laughs> like, I latch on to my personal fandoms that, you know, have very much enriched my life in some way or another but I feel like that we just you reach this point where you start watching you start watching other people and their involvement in in fandoms and it's just it's kind of gross and when I say that it's like um It's, it's this concept of constantly trying to belittle people for enjoying something that you didn't enjoy or something that you just didn't allow yourself to enjoy. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like there's plenty of... <laughs> media out there uh again let's 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 focus on dc and marvel in this particular instance um and again i know i've talked about this before especially with dc and marvel but it it cracks me up that like things that it's it's just it's very odd to me that we are not allowed to just enjoy things without these notions of it being it making us look a very certain way you know where if you 
if you like, of course, I can't think of a proper example. If you like uh, Justice League, um, you're 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 a bad fan. You're a bad comic fan. You need to you need to expect more from DC. I guess I don't know, but it's these bandwagon thoughts that people just get onto to routinely crap on film and TV that comes out that's enjoyable, you know, uh, to people. Not everything has to be so powerfully motivated by um, passion, you know, to, to enjoy something. Like, you can just enjoy something because it's visually appealing, because you like the music in it, because you like an actor in it, because whatever. Like, to me, it's just, it's such a stupid... It's such a stupid way to focus attention in hating or disliking people for enjoying a movie. <laughs> or You know what I mean? Like, And that's where I guess I say that supremacy factor where it's like people genuinely think that they are better for disliking something. Uh, you know, they, they, they are better because they didn't like Harley Quinn in the birds of prey you know like and it's just it's it's so weird to me and you know something else i know i brought up too and i'll i'll actually get into new territory i promise but um you know we see we see it time and time again where things that are marketed traditionally towards say like teenage girls um it's it's very <laughs> very weird because when then teenage girls consume that media they are then brutally judged for enjoying that media that has been targeted toward them. You know what I mean? So, again, and I, let's talk about, like, Twilight for a minute. <clears throat> Twilight was super popular with teenage kids. Um, and it was generally geared toward teenage girls. I'm not saying that, you know, the the books weren't problematic and had a lot of issues and thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. But they were geared toward kids, you know, young adults. And somebody, you know, these kids consumed it, but then they were brutally judged for enjoying it. You know what I mean? And it's so, it's just weird. So that takes me into... <laughs> Our our relationship with these these fandoms, you know, where we all it's it becomes a very personal thing, doesn't it? When you see something, me and the magicians, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people in the magicians, like it's it's a very it be, it's a very personal relationship that me myself and a lot of other people have with that with that show and that book series because it is so relatable. You know, all of the main characters are deeply flawed and super super dimensional and they're amazing characters for all their flaws and for all their strengths and for all their weaknesses. Um and there's a lot of emotional depth there. And, you know, it's, it's 
a very, again, it's a very personal thing. So I get that for every everybody, it's the same thing. You know, my brother was telling me about how he was watching Ghostbusters Afterlife and he couldn't help but cry because Ghostbusters uh, 2 was the first movie he ever saw in theaters. So, of course, you know, these, we are tied to these fandoms in such a nostalgic and personal and deep way because it's it's probably one of the easiest ways to not feel lonely, right? You know, where you don't rely on other people to cater to your emotional needs. Instead, you have your relationship with books or movies or TV shows or music or video games or, you know, you name it, comics, um, graphic novels. There's so many forms of attachment that kind of creep in and latch on in an emotional way that help us cope. And personally, I feel like it 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 makes me happy. You know what I mean? Like I I'm all for the joy. I am all for being happy and being made to feel that excitement. Um but here's where it gets into into territory where we need to figure out how to separate and do better because and it's 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 convoluted and it's hard but you know like uh, there is an author I don't want to get anybody in trouble uh <laughs> legally on the show but there is a writer who has said and I've brought this writer up multiple times who has a very prolific children's and young adult book series about a young wizard who goes to a wizarding school in Scotland (laughs) and this writer has said very disgusting things about a certain demographic of people and it sucks, you know, and I, there is a wonderful video that I watched, um, uh, from a person who, who very much kind of analyzed the, the atmosphere of what was transpiring with these remarks. Um, And the video, I watched it like a year, year and a half ago, and it was really, really interesting because this person was saying how um, we as fans allowed that to happen. We allowed this writer the room and the space, ample room and space, to feel safe in saying these very harmful, misguided, uh, scientifically disproven uh, rhetoric, <laughs> you know, this this abhorrent concepts. Um, we've allowed that as fans because when this writer kind of first emerged... 
and they were very uh, inspiring, you know. And this isn't, you know, they, they, they have done a lot of good, but unfortunately, when you hold some really, really harmful, just harmful uh, opinions that literally cause people to die, um, you kind of I don't want to say negate but that becomes overshadowed your good your goodness kind of it, it gets canceled out you know when you're doing just as much harm so anyway this this writer um had seen a lot of adverse ad, adver, adverse effects to their being uh who they were you know in terms of being a woman <laughs> being a woman, um, and, uh, writing about a subject that (laughs) for whatever reason has been deemed satanic or whatever. Um, just weird, weird stuff. And of course, you know, a lot of fans stand up and they're like, no, you don't understand. Like, uh, this, this is actually very helpful for, for our society. You know, there are college courses understanding the, political manifestations and the benefits of being an empathetic person because you read this book series. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's so wild because most of the fans, obviously this isn't all of them because people have really awful, harmful views, but uh, most people who have read this series have taken something very positive out of it. And that's, for me, that's for many other people, you know, taking something very, very good, you know, the very essence of how to be a good person and understanding that nothing is ever black and white, you know, there are bigger themes and you you have more power than you think you do and it's just a very like there was so much more goodness to be taken out of that that series and then obviously the the writer said these harmful 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 things and then it just it, it sucks it really sucks because it felt like what this person had put out into the world, all of this goodness. Um, they just like like snatched it back, you know? And they like they were just like, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, the point is, um, it's weird because we put so much in to these fan spaces you know we put so much into these prolific people to the point where it gets weird like it gets weird um you know what I mean like and it sucks because it is very much a double-sided sword, you know, a double-sided sword. Uh, it Because on one hand, 
you don't want this person to be doing any more harm than is already being done. On the other hand, how do you how do you balance that with what you know? For me personally, I know where I stand. I am not going to give this writer any more money. I am going to still enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy the fandom because there are phenomenal people in the fandom and it has grown to be something so much bigger. And you know what? Like it's 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 just a personal thing now. You know what I mean? Like that's all it is. And that's where what I'm going to do with it. And ultimately, there were good things that I still received and there were good things that other people still received from that content. Writer is a horrible person. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, that happens. Um, but the opinion that always gets me, and again, it's another double-edged sword, but the opinion of um, <sighs> completely trying to eradicate that media from any kind of exposure I'm not saying, like, trust me, I am of the mind, you know, we don't need to give platforms to just anybody, <laughs> like, you know, um, there, there are people who, it's, it's weird that they have platforms, you know what I mean, like, watching Jersey Shore, and you're just like, we, we let this happen, guys. <laughs> anyway, point is, um, but... What it comes down to is the relationships that we have with these people, not the content. Um, and we need to figure out how to separate that, I think, in a lot of cases. You know what I mean? Like, on the other end of the spectrum where there is the musician who has been accused of very, 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 very awful things. Um, that is a person who I don't think their, uh, quote unquote art deserves platforms. <laughs> anymore you know what I mean and it's not even like personal beliefs it's the fact that there is a like where do we separate the art from the artist I guess is what this whole conversation is and it's a conversation as old as time you know uh but you know while we know that writing is very personal it's so much bigger than let's say the violent uh, misogynist <laughs> lyrics about uh, violence against women from a musician. You know what I mean? Like, there's, it's, I don't know. It's tough and it's hard. And I think where we need to, you know, as fans, as people, we need to kind of step back and maybe figure out how to separate our relationships with with these real people who don't care about us you know what I mean like who don't even realize that we exist as a whole um 
that's not to say that they're ungrateful for fans, but it's it's very weird to see people defend these these people, these artists. You know what I mean? Like, because it's not just a oh, what they're gonna do is what they're gonna do. It's um, it's this vehement like. He's innocent. I know he's innocent. He would never do that. Like, how how do you know that? Like, that's so weird. You know, like, you don't know that. You don't know this person. You know, and even if you did, that doesn't mean, just because they weren't violent towards you doesn't mean anything. Um, but that's, that's what, what we're dealing with, I think, right now, um, Especially as millennials, I feel like this is a very millennial issue because you, know, you look at like Gen Z and they hyperfixate, but they hyperfixate in a very different way than like millennials do. Millennials are looking for, I think, a different kind of attachment. You know what I mean? Um, because again, we are a very odd and peculiar generation in how we grew up because we we grew up right in the middle of that transition from. Uh, analog to hypertech, you know what I mean? Like we we came from nothing, and now we're here, kind of generation. <laughs> um, and and let's not even get into the economics of it all. But uh, it's I don't know I don't know what it is. I need to explore it a little bit more, and I'll think on it a little harder about about my opinions on that. Um, and even look into see if there is anybody else who's analyzing that, like actual legitimate uh psychologists and people who who understand it far more than I do. Uh but again I think I think it is like a very millennial thing where um just trying to figure out where to separate you know things because I think the biggest comparison in my brain especially going back to that like oh well we need to eradicate any visuals of this this uh, person and everything they've created, like, on one hand, yes. On the other hand, no, let's not do that. Um, and I think uh, I think back to, like, H.P. Lovecraft. You know, I think it is no secret that H.P. Lovecraft was a very racist person um, with very, very appalling uh, opinions, even if you want to sit there and say, oh, well, he was, he was just a product of his time. And, and it doesn't matter. Like, it still was not great thinking, you know, and it doesn't transition well as we progress further and further into uh, the 21st century. Um, but we still see, you know, how many mentions of Lovecraftian invention, you know, of how many, how many people say, oh, you know, to this day, I'm so inspired by Lovecraft. I'm so inspired by, you know, all of this and, and, like, and it's, it's just there. It's there all the time. You go into, you know, any kind of alternative store and there's a chance you're going to find a, a Cthulhu shirt, you know? <laughs> like, so is it, is the difference that he's dead? You know what I mean? Like, is that, I, I don't know. I don't know um, what it is. Like, it's very weird to me because... Like, for me, everything is about how something makes me feel. 
So, like, let's say, again, we're going on a personal level and not in a public opinion level. But for me personally, like the musician who did allegedly those horrible, horrible things, uh, which also there's going to be a documentary about it. I'm very excited uh, from the uh, people who actually were brave enough to open up about it. And I'm super stoked to hear about that and how they actually got laws passed because of this person. Like that's, I think that's something everybody forgets or doesn't want to know when they go to defend this musician is that laws, laws in the United States of America, laws and bills were legitimately passed because of the things that he had done to these people, to these women. You know what I mean? So I... I feel like women who, they're not just bored and want media attention. You know what I mean? Like, shut up with that logic. Anyway, get me all fired up. Uh, Anyway, the point is, um, for me personally, like, it's, I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to hear anything about that musician, like, that per- that musician being glorified. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe the we can acknowledge the existence of these people and their creations. You guys, I think I just talked my way through it. We figured it out. Okay. So, <laughs> what, an hour later. Uh, so, with, let's say, this writer, we are no longer glorifying this writer, Right? We can glorify the media and we can glorify, you know, the stories they told and put out there into the world, but we're not glorified, glorifying this writer anymore. Same with that musician. That musician, their music is so closely knit to the accusations brought against them uh, that it's a little hard to... You, you can't split that, you know what I mean? Like, because if you're listening to music about, uh, li- like, hurting women, y- you know? <laughs> like, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe that is, there's something to it there with the glorification of the, uh, the glorification of the artist versus the art. Not so much separating, but the glorification. Hmm. I think there's something there. The glorification. The deification, even. You know? If we were talking about uh, dead creators, uh, the deification of their creations versus them. You know, we don't have to deal with H.P. Lovecraft on Twitter. (laughs) Like, could you imagine? Let's not. I feel like there's enough of those types of folk on the Twitter. Um... But yeah, I think there's there's something very interesting there to be garnered. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So I think that that was just um, just something that's been on my mind. Like I said, and I'm I'm I I had a lot of fun kind of traveling and figuring it out. And I think I think I came to a a decent point worthy of further dissection, you know? Um, and again, these are just my opinions and my takes. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and the things that drive us cause, uh, 
you know, what do I do when I work? I tend to put something on. I put movies or shows or music on or podcasts or I haven't gotten around to audiobooks because I hate being so distracted because I want, I just want to read, okay? Uh, <laughs> but point is, we're always consuming something and there is, there's a lot more to unpack with why and how we are consuming these things and the psychological aspects of that consumption. So, yeah. <sighs> All right, guys. I'm going to go work on my drawing a little bit more. And, uh, yeah. Joe is probably going to play his mandolin. Oh, wait. No, he can't. His mandolin uh, had an issue. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> enough rambling. All right, guys. So, for the time being, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and the Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. You have been a wonderful audience, I guess. I don't know. I hope you enjoyed it. I've, I, I had fun. All right, guys. Until next time. Mm-hmm.